Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Everybody kind of scoot on to class where they're getting to, but uh, man, I'm thankful that you're here today. And, uh, we, I think we had close to 30 last week, or maybe we were in the 30s and a little lower this week, but it's no big deal. I, I believe God's doing things, and I believe we're going to see an increase this year. But um, now, my pastor, he's a great man, he's a great teacher, he's a great preacher, and uh, uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity that he gives me in his stead to come here and to be able to teach Sunday school teach a lesson to you, my, my fellow adults, <laughs> which is odd to say, you know, because uh, I'm 21, but sometimes I feel younger than that, sometimes I feel older than that, it just depends on what kind of day it is, and to be honest, I've been through some things in the last year, in the last few years that have just made me feel older, uh, and I may not... I feel older, but I obviously still have the same maturity of a 21-year-old. <laughs> if you know me, you'll find that out. Um, um, and maybe it's given away in my communication and some of the slang terms that I use and stuff like that. I don't know, but I am thankful for my pastor giving me this opportunity and to be able to stand here and to give some of maybe you could call wisdom or, or knowledge from my life experiences. And Pastor kind of relayed to me that this class or this Sunday school is kind of more of a a life 101 is what I've uh, heard that he's kind of been doing. So I just wanted to be super plain and simple today. And uh, honestly, I hope that this doesn't feel like teaching. I hope this feels like conversation, okay? Um, Because crazy enough, the topic I have today is communication. That's it. That's simply what I feel to talk about today, just plainly communication. And we'll get into the types of communication that we have, and, and particularly the main communication you probably have from day to day is with people. Communicating with your wife, with your children, with your friends, with your coworkers, with people at the grocery store. Maybe you need to communicate more with people at the grocery store. However you feel today, we're going to get into this and then... Most importantly, above all and everything else, is our communication with God. Um, If you don't have an open communication with God today, I hope this encourages you to get one or to further the communication that we have with God because it's the only communication line that will always give something back to us. Now, if you're like me, there's times when I start talking about something I love and I don't get the reaction out of people that I want to see. I start telling somebody about this fishing hole I got, or I start telling somebody about these deer I have on my trail camera, or telling somebody about something I love to do. I don't always get the reaction that I want out of people. They don't always get as excited as I get about things that I love. But when you're talking to God about His kingdom, and you're talking to God about His Word, talking to Him about His Spirit, God's always going to give back to you the reaction that you want. He's always going to be everything that you need when we communicate 
with him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be extremely simple, and it may only be 25, 30-minute lesson. We'll have some time to maybe eat and talk and chill after. Just just uh, you help me, and I'll help you as much as possible today. So, But I don't really have any opening scripture necessarily. I do have scripture kind of scattered out throughout this lesson. Uh, this actually kind of short little page I have of notes today. I told my wife this morning I was going to try to explore some extemporaneous teaching, which basically she's like, she's like, all right. She's like, here you go using a word you've known for like a week. She's like, you probably learned that last week. And I'm like, no, I've known this word for a year, okay? And I'm going to use it. And basically that just means like teaching with no notes. They have a, they have a, a category in Skills USA which I was part of in high school, which was where you just gave an extemporaneous speech, which basically you got up and they gave you a topic and you gave a speech on something without notes. And I do have notes today, but they are limited, and that can be scary in two ways. Either I could talk too long or I'll talk too short. And kinda, but I really think that we're going to be doing good today speaking about communication. <clears throat> that kind of gives me the open flow because I can talk and it makes sense with the lesson. So I've kind of, I got a good setup. We've got a good setup today. I feel like we're going to have fun. But uh, if you could agree with me today that in the beginning, in Genesis, I did just a little bit of reading today of earlier books of the Bible just to kind of familiarize with myself. Uh, with just the first connections that God made to humanity. And how many know that God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, from the dirt of the earth? And besides breathing into Adam his own breath, one of the first things God did to Adam was communicate with him. He laid out the law in the Garden of Eden. He said, you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many remember that? All right, that's, that's like... That's little kid Sunday school stuff. That's like, hey, little Timmy, what was the name of the tree you couldn't eat of? And he's like, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's a Snickers bar. That's, that's that kind of Sunday school stuff. We, all, we know that, all right? But God formed Adam. He laid out the law. He said, hey, man, don't eat that tree. He's like, you'll be good. He's like, I want you to stay here in this garden. He said, we're gonna, I'm going to come. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. He's like, don't eat that tree. That's all I want you to do. And... uh and then something I read today I thought, I thought was cool, I, it kind of just stuck out to me, was God, it said that God brought Adam, the animals, to see what he would name them. So, and I've read that a billion times, but no matter how many times you read the Bible, I mean, how, how many has read Genesis every year? But maybe not read the whole Bible every year. But we always get into Genesis, right? All right, I, I've read Genesis plenty of times. Maybe not finished the entire Bible every time I've read Genesis, but I've read it plenty of times. And it just kind of stuck out to me. Um, I thought it was cool that God was like just bringing them, dropping them off, and he's just like, hey, what, what's that? And he's like, I don't know, giraffe. I'm like, it's just crazy. I have no idea. But that was communication. That was God communicating with Adam. And then God, being the great father that he is, looked down and saw that it was not good for man to dwell alone. So what did he do? Created a woman. And and uh, I've heard many preachers tell jokes uh, about Adam was there naming the animals. He's like, I'll call you 
giraffe. I'll call you a hippopotamus. And then God brought out Eve, and he's like, whoa, man, like, you know. But I've heard that plenty of times, but uh, I do love my wife. She's an amazing woman, and that's how I feel about her. Like this morning, she got ready for church. She come out in a new dress I've never seen before. And that's how I felt. I was like, whoa, man. I was like, whoo. Like, you're looking good this morning. And I made sure I told her that because that was our communication. You have to have that kind of communication with people that you love. And God had that communication with who he loved, and that was Adam and Eve. He saw Adam needed somebody, so he created Eve from what? From his, the rib. While he put him to sleep, and he made Eve. His, he, he saw that it was not good for man to dwell alone. And basically, while communication connected humanity and God communication also is what destroyed humanity and it didn't destroy it to an extreme point as humanity was wiped out then but it destroyed it as in sin entered the world through the temptation from the serpent um, which ended up causing Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the one thing they were not supposed to do and therefore also tempting Adam to eat of the same tree and they saw that they were naked because the covering God had on their lives was then removed when sin came in. And one of the first things that happened was God came to communicate with Adam and Eve like he had done many times before. And he kind of noticed that the communication was a little different because sin had entered into their lives and they had not yet atoned for that sin. And how, how many have ever been there where you... You make a mistake. You do something you know you're not supposed to do, and the next time you go to communicate with God, it may be a little awkward, you know, but God never intended it for it to be that way. God always had a plan from the beginning of creation to get rid of sin in our lives and get rid of that part of our flesh that, that condemns us because God doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to just convict our hearts to repentance. He doesn't want to condemn our hearts and make us feel like we're going to hell, make us feel like we're unworthy, make us uh, feel like we can never do any good ever again. God does not want to do that. He just wants to let us know that when we make a mistake, we can turn around and go back to him. And we don't have to have that awkward communication. We can have the same communication we had before, clear communication with God. That's why he gave himself why the Bible says something that is so powerful that is a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That means when God was light and darkness, when he was splitting the, the sky from the earth and all of the beautiful things he did to create this awesome planet, this beautiful sunny day that we have today, he was also thinking about us and what and how he could get us out of that condemnation of sin and rescue us from that. And that was only by sending himself, coming himself down to the earth and dying on a cross for us. That was the only way that would ever work. Now, he had had a plan before that, which was to sacrifice animals, to have a blood sacrifice on the altar to atone for sin. But eventually he realized that he needed something that was way stronger than that, and that was himself. And he came and died for us. And that was his communication to humanity. That was him communicating his love in a way nobody else is ever going to communicate their love to us. Now, 
Now, you've heard many stories of maybe in the military when soldiers come and they do something extremely heroic and the military gives them a medal of honor and a lot of times these men don't live and it's a, what is it, posthumously or how's that word? Posthumously. Posthumously awarded the medal of honor and for something great and in valor that they did. And uh, humanity recognizes that as great and as an act of love but even something as heroic as that will never amount up to what God did for us communicating his love on the cross in the flesh dying for us and communication is it goes beyond just God's communicating his love to us it goes to how he created us he made it to where our body is in a constant state of communication that even right now when you're just sitting still listening your body is is screaming communication on the inside it's it's constantly talking to other parts of your body. Your nerves are talking to your brain, and your brain's talking to your muscles, and, and your, your heart's talking to your brain, pumping blood, and your, your brain's telling your lungs to contract and, and to breathe, and all that is happening, and you're not even thinking about it. You know, when I move my arm up, I'm not really even thinking about moving my arm. It just kind of happens because there is a silent communication that I don't hear going on inside of me that's moving me okay so our world is built around communication i believe one of the i mean one of the greatest ways that we could see uh, a, a fall of the american empire would be a few strategically placed emps which is like an electromagnetic pulse which would destroy like our communication network you know leaving us vulnerable uh, how, how many have ever felt vulnerable when you've not had a connection to the communication network alright and there's times when you know I leave the house and I realize I don't have my phone I'm going to work and I'm like oh I'm like what am I gonna do how am I gonna text Bethany you know all this kinda stuff and luckily I have a communication communication network at work where I can talk to pastor Daniel, he's my co-worker, talk to him and be like, hey man, can you text Bethany and tell her I left my phone at home so she knows and she's not worried about me? There is an open communication network and it connects us all on a worldwide network, whether you're AT&T, Verizon, it doesn't matter. It's open communication. We are all connected by communication. When you're at the grocery store and maybe it's just a, a quick hey or a quick hello, whatever it is, that's humanity connecting with one another. And we have to have that connection. And sometimes people are so desperate for that connection, they'll find it in the wrong places. They'll find that connection on a late night dating website or they'll find that connection um, you know, through people that they should not be hanging around just because they want to feel connected. And I, I know that there's times in my life I've just wanted to be connected. One of the things that I struggled with as uh, in my in my younger days, which is not that long ago, <laughs> was uh, video games. And one of the biggest things was being connected online to people and being able to talk to people across the world that I didn't even know through like online services of the game system I had. And it wasn't necessarily the 
game, I believe, that I was addicted to, it was the connection I had to the game and therefore to everyone else in the world that was also playing that game because nothing was ever the same because the different people that would flow through the servers made the game different. And I was connected and addicted to that connection. And honestly, most of our addictions come from a connection to that addiction. It's a communication that goes into us that puts in those endorphins and in those good feelings that make us feel good and we become connected to that and we think we have to have it. Um, you know, but that's because we are built on communication. We're built and we thrive when we are connected. Now, something I've learned with a child, with having a little boy, is that when you put babies together, they learn things. They communicate. They learn. When Corbin goes and hangs out at Caspian's house, who is uh, Bethany's cousin's son, he learns things from a two-year-old that he might not have caught on as a 13-month-old. So, like, he was getting off the bed like a two-year-old at, like, 10 months because he learned how to do that through, like, just watching. And that was how he would communicate. His brain would watch him do that and communicate to his body that skill. Communication is extremely important. And, and likely, my child, my son, his communication with people will be based upon how me and Bethany communicate with him. I mean, as crazy as it may sound, he, it will not probably be that out of the ordinary for him to walk around calling everybody dude and, and man and, and, and pal and stuff like that because that's how I talk and that's rubbed off on Bethany and it, it won't be out of the ordinary for him to come to church and refer to a preacher as, as brother, you know, if brother Wade was here, brother, brother Wade or brother White was here, brother White, you know, because that's how we as a church communicate with one another because we're brothers and sisters in Christ and it's a term of respect and he learns how to communicate respect through us. So, I know it, I uh, hope I'm not just seeming like I'm babbling about communication up here, but I'm just trying to lay a foundation that communication is extremely important. Most of the time, you'll find your most, you'll find depressed people and, and very anxious people in states where they're not really communicating with other people. And, you know, they may have the communication with a few people at work or have the communication with maybe even their spouse, but they're just not really communicating what they need to be communicating 100%. Um, but we talk about communication with people and how important that is, but communication with our Creator is even more important. And if you would allow me to read two verses of Scripture, it, I bring you to Daniel chapter 10, verse 11, where it says, And he said unto me, he being an angel, O Daniel, a, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for the, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to 
Chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So, kind of why I chose to read this verse was, this kind of shows how our communication reaches God. Daniel was in a state of fasting, and when we are in a state of devotion to God, and when we pray to God, He desires our words. And in this case, God has sent an angel to come and receive, to get Daniel's words and to take them up to God, to be poured out before, before the Lord. And, and that tells me that when we pray, God sends angels to receive our words and God hears our words and they're poured out before Him. And that's how we communicate to God. And our words, when they are poured out to God, they, it's, it's a beautiful like it's a beautiful smell to him it's a beautiful thing for him to hear is when our words are poured out before him and I was I was on the way to work one day just kind of thinking about this and thinking I was praying and thinking about how my words were reaching heaven and I was praying that my words were a, a sweet savor a sweet aroma for God to smell and that he would be delighted in what I was saying to him and I began to be interrupted when I started to smell something along Highway 112 on the way to Madisonville from Dawson, and that happened to be the chicken houses, all right? You ever smelled chicken houses, you probably can smell it as I'm talking about it because you don't ever forget that smell, especially when it's been raining and them chickens are running around wet and nasty, all right? And the ground's wet and nasty, and what comes out of a chicken's getting all wet and nasty, all right? And it's hot outside. How many know what I'm talking about? It stinks, okay? And I was interrupted in prayer by that smell. And I felt like God said to me that this is what our flesh smells like to God. And when we obey our flesh, this is what we smell like. We smell dirty and rotten. But when we pour out our words to God in, in, in fervency and we're sincere to God, our words when they reach Him are like a sweet smelling aroma, a sweet savor. That's why when, when Mary come unto God and she, she had that alabaster box full of precious ointments, she broke that at his feet, it meant so much more than uh, just taking that and giving it in donation you know, to, to God. Because that's one of the things that one of the disciples said is he was like, well, you know, that box, we could have took that and sold that for quite, quite a bit of money, but... Well, God was more interested in seeing that she was willing to pour out everything she had at his feet and, and worship him and, and wash his feet. And the, what was in that box was very precious, like oils and, and, and spices that smelt very good. And that's what our words are like to God when we pour out everything before him at his feet. And I kind of thought, I was like, but what about our other words? You know, you know, sometimes there's things that we speak that we know we shouldn't speak. And I'm not necessarily talking about cuss words, all right? Because this world is very centered around cussing, and it's very much in culture and in television and in, and in a lot of these things and in and, and comedy, just whatever. Uh, we all know that cussing exists, all right? And I've... I've being 
when I was 15, 16 years old, like I said, being connected on that gaming system, that was a very prevalent thing was, was cussing. It wasn't uncommon to hear that in a, in a chat or something like that because it it's part of the culture nowadays. And, uh, but I'm not necessarily talking about those words. I'm talking about the words we might speak to one another to cut down our brothers and our sisters, the words that, that hurt. Something I recently come out of teaching in the teen class downstairs was talked about the armor of God. And I talked about the importance of the breastplate of righteousness because what does a breastplate cover? It covers our heart, covers our lungs, covers a lot of very important vital organs and blood vessels that flow from our brain to our heart and a lot of very important nerves that flow from our brain to our heart. And I also talked about how it covered something deeper than that. It covered our spiritual heart because the armor of God is the spirit that of God that we put on that protects us from, as Paul wrote, the fiery darts of the wicked. You know, it talks about in the evil day, helps us protect ourselves from that to stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. All those pieces of the armor, and I specifically talked about the breastplate of righteousness covering our spiritual heart. And I talked about how our spiritual heart was where our deepest passions are. It's where that part of us that longs for communication, that longs to be approved of by other people, and even approved of maybe not knowing it by God as well. It's that deepness. It's the only way I could really describe it was to call it a deepness, honestly, because it's that deep part of us that cries out to God. It's that deep part of us that when we're depressed cries out for help. It's that deep part of us that when people throw words around towards us, the part that's actually hurt because words will bounce off your skin all day long, all right? But eventually those words will find a place to rest and that's in our spiritual heart. And that's why we have people that get hurt in the church and leave because people throw around words that hurt someone else's spiritual heart and those wounds are hard to heal. Amen. It's, it's the wounds from losing loved ones that we find in our spiritual heart that are hard to heal. It's, it's our wounds from uh, you know, people doing things that they should not do uh, you know, to, that happened to us when we were young, stuff like that, you know. Very, very deep stuff. Very, very personal things that we find in our heart. We find our drive. We find our love in our spiritual heart. And that's why we have the breastplate of righteousness to protect that and to cover that. But I'm talking about our other words because if we're not careful, our words will affect and hurt someone's spiritual heart and, and wreck what God is trying to rebuild. Because when we come to God, that's what God is after. He's after our heart. He wants to protect it. He wants to nourish it. He wants to pour love into it. He wants to invest in us. You know, because God has seen time and time again His investments in humanity return to His kingdom. Amen. And that's what He's looking for in this church. He's looking for people He can invest in. He's looking for people He can nourish their spiritual heart. Because some of us, me even at times, just being very real, with losing my mother and sister, there's been times I've wanted my spiritual heart to be left alone. There's been times I've wanted my heart to be left alone where I did not want to deal with grief. 
or I did not want to deal with thinking about the loss and the hurt and the pain. One of the hardest things I deal with is thinking about eternity and not knowing surely where my family lies in eternity today. And that's something in my spiritual heart that I, communic- that I do not communicate very well to God or even to other people. And um, just to be very real today telling you this because I know that many of us deal with the same kinds of things. We deal with other people's words coming and hurting our spiritual heart and, and the loss of people hurting our spiritual heart. But God doesn't allow these things to happen to, to hurt us. And God doesn't always allow these things to happen. But He desires to nourish our spiritual heart and to help us get rid of our smelly old flesh and pour out words to Him that smell sweet and are of a good savor. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other a savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? Now, at a first reading, a first glance of this verse, I had trouble kind of comprehending what it was trying to say. I knew it was what I wanted to say, but I wasn't sure what it was really meaning. So I did something I like to do, and I read about four or five different translations of the Bible to kind of begin to understand this in my own words. And that was, when we do as God did, and give ourselves, and we die out to Him. We kill our flesh. We kill the part of us that stinks. When we become like Christ, we smell sweet unto God. We are that sweet savor. And to the world, to those that are trying to become like Christ, we are the sweet savor of life, of goodness, and and happiness. And to those that are going the other direction and are content living the life that they're living now and do not want to change, We are the savior of death unto death, of the destruction that is coming when Jesus comes back if we do not have our spiritual hearts made right with Him. And it also says, who is sufficient for these things? Because this isn't easy. Walking around and and carrying this burden for souls that we have, this burden on our spiritual heart, who is sufficient for these things? We need God to help us be sufficient for these things. We need God to help nourish our spiritual heart. We need communication with God to nourish our spiritual heart. We have to have communication. You have to have communication with a spiritual authority in your life. That's why God has appointed men as pastors and men as bishops. And there are men that you can trust like pastor who have a burden for your soul and a burden for my soul who you can communicate openly with and who will take those words just as the angel did with Daniel and present them before God as a sweet savor. That is what God has intended for men to do that are coming after Him, that are of that sweet savor. But, I mean, I know there's been times in my life when my flesh was stinky, all right? when I was really just letting my flesh lead me around like a hopeless little puppy and I was going whichever way I wanted to. But there's times when we need to understand that we need God to lead us 
because we'll never be sufficient for these things. This gospel that we carry around is so powerful. This word that we carry around, this two-edged sword that we carry around, not only does it cut into our enemies, but it also cuts into us and checks our thoughts and our intents. And we need that. I need that. I need the Word of God to check me. And the only way the Word of God is going to check me is if I allow it to communicate to me, if I allow it to look into my life. Because this, is, this Word is it's alive. This Word is God. And when we read it, and when we put ourselves in its place to understand what is going on in the Word of God, that is when we let it check our thoughts and our intents, and it helps us grow. It helps us be better people. Communication only helps us grow. Now, negative communication, as I said, when people are talking about things they don't know about and just gossiping and all that kind of stuff, and we've all been there. You know, we've all made that mistake. We've all, I mean, all talked about somebody we shouldn't have been talking about, saying things we shouldn't have said, okay? We've all made that mistake, and as flesh, we do that. And that smelt awful, all right? That was bad. But God made a way. He has given us something to look forward to, something to do, and that's communicate with Him when we're in those places and when we feel that condemnation from our flesh. He's helped us find ways to get out of that state. So communication is extremely important. I don't know how else I could say it. It's very important that we communicate with God daily. And, you know, as, as a working man, all right, may not look like it, but I'm a working man. All right, I work 40 hours a week, about to start working like 46 hours a week. We're starting OT next week, 5 o'clock Monday morning, and spring forward, so it's going to be like 4 o'clock. I'm probably walking half awake. I'll probably get to work and be like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. And probably mope around the first hour or so and try to get something done. But um, hopefully my boss don't listen to this. I don't. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, a lot of times it's hard for me to find communication with God as I desire to early in the morning. Because I, I desire, you know, as much as I might not do it, because in my personality, um, I'm very good at just moving on and forgetting things that I can't do and sometimes I'm really easy about being extremely complacent in my prayer life and when I desire to talk to God early in the morning and I have a lot going on and I can't I don't usually ever throughout the rest of the day find time to make up for that and I know I have to have that daily communication so I have to push myself that if I don't get to pray in the morning I'll find time to pray on the way to work or I'll find time to pray when I'm listening to preaching. Because there's even days when I'll go and I'll listen to my Bible and I'll listen to preaching, but I never find time to really pray. And I know that I have to have that communication because while the Bible is, yes, a form of communication because we're reading God's words to us, He also needs to hear from us as well. He needs to... I mean, how is God going to check our thoughts and our intents if we never open our thoughts and intents up to Him. Our communication. You know, like I can't, I can't just, although I've done it and it's a big mistake, I can't just go make a giant purchase and not tell my wife and expect that she's going to be okay with that. Amen. It's the same way with God. I can't go and expect God to come through for me on something if I'm not ever telling Him 
about it. You know, it's it, it it's simple, but it's not simple. And, and you know, who is sufficient for these things? You know, that's what it is. It's it's simple, but it's not simple. And it's not simple because we're not sufficient for those things. That's why we need God. Every day, we need that open line of communication. So, I feel that it's only right today for us to end this with communication to God. Now, I know Pastor's kind of been making this like an open kind of conversation kind of thing. And I don't really know 100% how to do that. So, if you have something that you would like to say before we pray, this would be the time to do it. Alright? So, if anybody has anything they would like to add... Okay, or even correct me on maybe I said something that didn't make sense or something that wasn't right. Maybe you help me out. I'll try to help you out. Something like that. If you have anything to say at all, you can just say it. If nobody has any, here you go. That's true. I mean, um, you know, I've never, I've never heard the like audible voice of God. Okay, but kind of, I feel like how God speaks to me is I'll be praying, and a thought will enter into my mind that I know for sure that I did not say, Amen. that I did not think, and that's really I feel like how God speaks to me. And yes, I would love. You know, it might be really scary. Like Moses was scared when that bush was on fire and it wasn't burning up. All right, that would kind of freak me out. But yeah, everybody wants to have that mountaintop experience like that. Everybody wants to hear the thundering voice of God. But, you know, and there's people that's heard that and there's people that's had those experiences and I haven't, but I do know that I, I can know God's voice when He speaks to me because that's how He usually speaks to me. And that's... Uh, communication that I have with him is long and I don't ever just hear that if I'm not communicating with him if I'm not in an open line of communication with God I'm not just going to randomly expect him to be like hey you know here's this you know here's this here's what's going on here unless I'm opening the line of communication I, I can never just expect God to be openly communicating to me without me reaching out to him and that's why when you read your Bible you're opening that line of communication and you're allowing God to be able to speak into your life through His Word. And that's why it's important to read the Word every day and to pray every day. And as I was being extremely transparent earlier, i that's one thing I fall short in, is I fall short in reading and praying every single day. I may do it five out of seven. I may do it four out of seven, sometimes three out of seven, maybe sometimes seven out of seven. But I do... It is something I need to improve on is communication in my life. And you can ask my wife. That's something I need to improve on is communication. I, there's many times when I've done something and then after I've done it, been like, ah, now i got to tell Bethany. <laughs> now i got to tell my wife what I just did. And she ain't going to be happy. And she probably knows about it. Right, Beth? I mean, I do something and then 
I don't tell you about it, and then I got to figure out how to tell you about it, or I lie about it. See, so that's a problem I have. Yeah, is communication. That's an issue that I have is communication. But I know that it's something I need to work on, and it's something I'm trying to work on. And I don't want my flesh to stink. All right, I don't want to stink before God. I want to smell like a sweet aroma. I want that when I wake up and I do find that time to pray in the morning or I make that time to pray in the morning because that's how it has to be that when I pray and what I say, however short it may be or however long it may be, it all the while is pleasing to God because that's what I want my life to be. I want my life to be pleasing to God. So, um, anybody else got anything to say? feels like okay there was a certain situation that if my mom had communicated clearly some things you know there's things that could have been better for us and the last time I talked to my mother was like a Thursday before the Monday that she passed away and let me be real I was honestly kind of annoyed talking to her you know she was telling me all this kind of stuff and you know I had no idea Monday was going to be how Monday was. I could have never guessed in a million years that that would have happened. So, you know, all the time I wish that I had known and could have been like, Mom, I love you dearly so much. I wish I could have communicated that to her and maybe had her communicate some things for closure for me, but I didn't get that. And that's one of the struggles that I have is that closure. And I know that no matter how long I live, I'm never going to get that closure in her, but I can find it in God. Amen. And it may take, it will take time to find that closure. I'm not just going to go home and open up a letter from my P.O. box that has all the closure from me and my mother. That's not how that works. As, as great as I wish that could happen, I could just pop it in the microwave and it could be out in 10 seconds. It's going to take years for me to find that closure because it's a journey. And it's not meant to torture us. It's meant to mature us along this journey. And that's what it is. That's something that has helped me is Brother Aaron Bounds had a class on a journey through grief. And that's what this is. It's a journey through grief. It's a journey to that closure. Because not only do I find closure for my mother, but I'm also trying to find closure for my sister that I lost as well. So it's a journey down this road of grief and it sucks. Alright? I don't want to I don't want to do that. Okay? One of the one of the main reasons I have I struggle now I'm being extremely transparent today and I'm sorry, but one of the main reasons I struggle with my prayer is when I pray I have to confront grief. It's there waiting for me every morning. 
and it's one of the main reasons I struggle and I turn away from it is because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to. It's in my personality. I'm a non-confrontational kind of guy. I cannot be passive-aggressive with grief. I have to be aggressive with grief because if I'm not careful and I play with it too long, my spirit can be wounded. And therefore, that makes me not as a sharp as a weapon for God to use, not as a strong enough, a stronger voice for God as I could have been if I allowed grief to wound my spirit. Amen. Because I don't believe God allowed this to happen to torture me and make me less of a minister, make me less of a preacher. It happened to me to boost me into the ministry that He has called me to do because not only will it make me effective in this local church, but however God could use me, I can be effective wherever He needs me because I know what grief feels like. And I'm not dealt with it all the way yet. I'm still on that journey. And I feel like I'm only like half a percent out of a 100 on this journey. Okay? But I have to have that communication. I have to communicate with my wife my feelings. I have to. When I feel sad, when I think about something, I have to communicate those feelings. Like the other day, it's crazy. My wife made me a tuna fish sandwich. She put it in a plastic bag. When I got to work... I wasn't going to have lunch that day because I was taking off early. So I ate it before I took off. I ate my lunch while I was working. And just the smell of a plastic bag made me think of my mom. Brought me to tears almost instantly. And I had to communicate that with my wife just to let her know how I was feeling so she could know where I was at and, and, and help me. You know, and a lot of times you don't know what to say to somebody that's grieving, you know. So... Sometimes it's maybe better not to say anything, just to be there. And Brother Bounds puts it as the power of presence. Just being there for somebody shows a whole world of support and love. And that's what God is for us. He may not always be speaking exactly what we need to hear, but He will always be there when we need Him to be there. He's the master of communication. He is the master of speaking to our hearts and being there for our hearts. So... Nobody has anything else to say. I believe that's a good note to end on. We're going to pray and we'll have a little time to snack and chill and talk. And But, all right, I think we're ready to close this baby out. So, um, if you would, just pray with me and we can just open that communication to God. Lord, God, I know I'm not the best at communication. I know I don't always say the greatest words to folks. I don't always use the greatest terminology. And I don't always say the greatest things to lift somebody up. But today, Lord, I'm opening this line of communication up to you. God, I pray that I would never allow my flesh to close this line of communication. God, I pray I would never allow grief to, to crush this line of communication between me and you. God, I know that this is the greatest flow that I could ever have. It's the greatest line of, of words I could ever receive or even give. God, I pray that my words today before this church and before you in prayer would be a sweet savor. It would be a sweet aroma, God, that would encapsulate your throne room. And, and you would look down and be pleased with us today, Lord. I thank you, God, for everything that's happened and everything that we have a whole have been through and individually have been through. God, I pray that through this you would minister throughout the week to souls and hearts in this room that need your love and need your support. God, I know that you may not always say what I want you to say or, or even speak what I want you to speak, but I know that you always will be there for me and be there for everyone in this room. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So.
guys are dismissed. We'll go eat us some grub.